A note. Following advice from work-life imbalance may lead to action being taken by HR, your family, the authorities, or higher powers. Welcome to Work-Life Imbalance, an advice show focusing on workplace and lifestyle issues. Any resemblance to actual advice, living or dead, or actual wisdom is purely coincidental. I'm your monstrous manager, Frank Eastman. And I'm your lovable office companion, Derek Lewis. Today, we'll be talking about team outings in the deep dive before we address some audience questions and issues from the internet. But first... Time for the daily. Before stand-up. we get started, Frank, oh. I want to, I want to, I don't know what the fuck I want to do. Uh, you want to break free? You want to? Yes. Break free. <laughs> Sorry, I completely forgot what I was about to fucking say. Jesus, <laughs> and it's not important either. <laughs> uh, this is this is going to be a fun show. Um, this is a good episode. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, I wanted to, to to leave a comment for our listeners uh, that they are in for a real auditory treat this episode because my quiet mouse died last week uh, and is no longer working. So now I have uh, this mouse that produces like a 14 decibel click. So if you guys hear that, I am sorry. Uh, we'll try to edit it out in post, but if not, enjoy it. <laughs> okay, now let's do the damn thing. All right, so for the daily stand-up, I wanted to talk about, I mean, we're talking about how it's beautiful and spring outside, the plants are growing, the plants are showing. And Some people say that's a positive thing, but I don't, I don't know about that, but go ahead. I wanted to talk about grilling out okay so i mean this is this is food based i'm all for it all for it how do you like to do you like to grill out i i wouldn't necessarily say that i enjoy that i enjoy grilling out like i enjoy the fruits of the labor uh i do enjoy uh grilled meats it is my one of my all-time favorite preparations uh of said uh said meat products but uh fire yeah, I, I'm I'm for that, but at the same time, you know, you have to be outside for a long time, um, and they they really frown upon it if you like uh, grill in your living room. That's generally not the right way to do it. That's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I enjoy I enjoy the output of grilling, but the act of grilling itself is not something that I cherish personally. I. Uh... I showed up, so we had a, a, a short birthday, well, it wasn't even short, it was, uh, but a, a relatively Pretty small lengthy. gathering uh, for the uh, for the kids as far as a birthday party went, and I arrived right. home, like, I had taken the kids out uh, so that we would come back and everything would be set up, and it was kind of a surprise party, and... Okay. Uh, when I got back, like the, the decorations were up, the food had been purchased, much of it had been laid out. Uh, but I was, I was directed to outside, 
<laughs> to do the grilling of the hamburgers and hot dogs. And you, you weren't previously told that this was going to be a responsibility? I had a feeling that it was going to be. Like, I don't know that we had necessarily directly discussed it, but it's usually the way it is. But it was, I was directed outside with a, I was going to do something to set up the grill, but that's for you. And ordinarily, we're not like one of those, you know, gender roles homes where, right. you know, the outside grilling is is the man responsibility. The man job. Yeah. So I, I had to hum, now you're a man to myself as I went outside. <laughs> Be a man. Something, something, coursing river. <laughs> they, uh, and, I, and I was like, you know, I'm not. I'm not a manly man, man. I don't know anything about cars or other such manly pursuits. And then I opened up the grill and was like, hmm, looks like the burner's a little rusty and the uh, spark box is. <laughs> Did it just like, uh, you just had this like epiphany of manliness? It's like, hmm, this is, these are things I recognize. Holy shit. Maybe I am manly. It, it's, uh, I just, I think I've spent a decent amount of time with the grill, so. Uh, but yeah, I ended up, I ended up having to set up the grill cause our, uh, we've got an, an outdoor, uh, natural gas fired grill that came oh. with the house, but like everything else that came with the house has been neglected since approximately <laughs> 1982 in, in slight disrepair. Yeah. So like it's busted. <laughs> um, but I, I but sort does of it, does it, it produce fire? It does a Did, little bit. Okay, and I was able to get <laughs> that one working enough that I could start uh, grilling corn on it. So I just okay take the corn husk and all, stick it on the grill. Uh, but it takes a good amount of time to essentially steam it in its husk on the grill. Right, but it takes like tastes good. It takes what like like thirty minutes, something like that. Yeah, it's about a thirty minute process. So it, while I was getting that ready. I went ahead and set up the other grill. See, the first grill, we're getting back to my non-manly man, man, man. Okay. The first grill has been kind of fucked up and busted since we bought the house, which was uh -huh. at this point, I think, three years ago. Yeah. And I have been consistently saying, I'm going to go out and fix that grill. Oh, look, it's been seven months. No longer grilling season. <laughs> I guess I'll have right. to save that one for next year. Wait till next year. Yeah. So, we have a little tiny uh, charcoal grill that is literally uh -huh. small enough that I take it outside and I sit it on top of... <laughs> on the table. The other grill. Like, I, I sit it oh on top God. of the closed lid of the other grill most of the time. It is... I am low-renting it up and down the block. See, I I support this. Like this is a this is a great thing. Uh, specifically because I, I'm thinking of like the the human parallel. So you are you are basically taking this grill, whose whole job is to you know grill things, and putting it on top of something else, whose job was to grill things, but no longer does that thing. I'm thinking of like the human parallel of basically, uh, you getting a new job and them just sitting you on top of the dead person who did the job before you and you having to do the job while sitting on their corpse. That, that, that is basically what I'm envisioning here. That's, that's <laughs> pretty much it. It is, it is that early nineties 
like the late 80s giant cabinet box television has busted and we're not going to get another one. We're just going to get a smaller TV and set it on top of the cabinet of the other TV. Right. It's like that, but with outdoor barbecue equipment. <laughs> I can totally get behind that. But instead of doing it where I had, you know, the, the smaller grill set up on top of the other grill, I went ahead and, and futzed around with the big grill until I could get the burner uh, working a little bit without, you know, catching fire to the house. And uh, I got the corn cooking on there. And then I went and set up the charcoal grill elsewhere to uh, to grill the meat products. Yeah. And it turned out pretty well. Yeah, generally I do a good job. There's there's something to be said for like uh, practice makes perfect and the fact that I only cook steaks like every I don't know, like 2-3 months, something like that. So you kind of lose a little bit of the uh, the natural um, instinct to, you know, when something's done um, because it it is a it is something that needs to be kind of honed and trained over a, a long period of time. And I, I've not invested the time to, to do that adequately. So, I mean, sometimes, you know, I'll have the steak on the grill and it's like, Oh yeah, that clear juices are coming out. That's, that's well done. That's, that's nice and ruined just like they want. Um, <laughs> the hockey pucks are done. Yeah. And, uh, and then get it inside and all of a sudden just a river of blood flows out. I'm like, Hmm, I was way off on that one. Um, Sometimes that will happen to me, especially if I'm doing them indoor. Like, I have gotten fairly good at doing steaks outdoors to a particular doneness level. Yeah. But if I'm doing, like, the pan-seared steak inside, invariably I'm like, yes, this is well-cooked. And then everybody is like, can you please take this piece of raw meat and do something with it? <laughs> it's still mooing at me. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, like pan-searing a steak like that, especially when, you know, because, like, if you have, like, a like really nice like cast iron skillets or something like that it might help a little bit um but like in order to do a really good steak inside uh you kind of have to like you know use a lot of butter and you know grease and other things like that that generally make it not a super healthy meal um so normally it's like you know a little bit of olive oil on a on a non-stick skillet and you're kind of guessing a little bit um because you know you want some sear on it so you have to turn it up a little bit uh, but whenever you do that, you know, you're going to get pretty decent, you know, not not searing, but like browning on the steak. And it's going to look done far, you know, far sooner than it actually is done. So, uh, yeah, that <laughs> there have been a few times where I'll be, you know, cooking a, a sirloin for a, a diet meal and put it on the, you know, put it aside to rest and put it on the plate. And then, you know, one cut and it just bleeds all over our whatever rabbit food we're having with the steak. Um but, uh, oh no, my salad is drenched in blood. Whatever will I do? <laughs> I I hear there are places that sell French fries. <laughs> we we can go do that. But uh, yeah, in- indoor steaks are are not exactly my my favorite. But um, I, I would love to be better at it. I mean, that would be a nice you know, skill to have. Same here. I've been trying it a little bit. Uh, what I have not been able like I'm getting I'm starting to to dial it in a little bit on the cooking of the steak. What I have not been able to do so far is make a pan sauce. Right. Which a well-done pan sauce with a with a steak cooked indoors is, I think, essentially what makes a steak cooked indoors good. Right. Uh, and invariably, I make an okay indoor steak and a pan full of something I'm going to have to clean out later. 
Yeah. It doesn't actually turn into a sauce. It's more of a just a an actual mess. Yeah, it's just a literal hot mess at that point, and I'm going to have to <laughs> scrape that bastard out. Yeah. All right, so, so I want to ask you the question that is going to... Uh, it's either going to make you enemies or friends, depending on who is listening. Do you prefer charcoal or gas for outdoor grilling? I uh, prefer overall gas... But it's gas with a lot of accoutrement. Uh, so <laughs> what like, the fuck if, does that mean? <laughs> if I if I had my druthers, and I think I'm gonna go ahead and do it this season. You know, it's only been three years. Uh, I might just lie down until the the feeling about wanting to go do this goes away. <laughs> but I think I'm gonna go ahead and get all the pieces to finally completely renovate the grill because it's a really it's a well built grill for having been completely neglected. Like, I need to replace the burner and a couple of valves and uh, a knob, and uh, the ignition box is completely shot. Is, is it actually, but other than that... Is it actually, like, built into the deck, or is it removable? Yes. Oh, wow. It's built into the deck and attached to the natural gas line of the house. So oh. getting it removed would be as big of a pain in the ass as, as actually fixing it. Right. But then, like, if I've got it fixed, then I'd want to lay down, like, a layer of ceramic briquettes uh to sort of add some radiant heat right uh, to it get a smoker box so that i can put some damp wood in there get that mm. that smoke that you get from the charcoal yeah uh and stuff like that like if it's if it's just literally like here's some gas flame directly underneath a grate and i cook the meat upon that like you don't get a lot going on there's a lot less flavor yeah that, but that's with, uh, w- that's about how i feel about it uh, most of the gas grills that that like I've cooked on have been just that, like no, uh, you know, no like boxes off to the side where you can put you know some like damp cedar to get that you know good you know wood flavor to it. Um, they've all just been literally here is a gas flame. You know, hopefully you've hopefully it's burning off enough of the gas so your <laughs> so your meat doesn't taste like whatever <laughs> like propane natural and propane yeah, like accessories propane. yeah. Um, and, you know, sure, it tastes like just the meat, but, you know, in my opinion, you know, and completely untrained, completely, uh, I mean, I'm just an asshole with an opinion. Um, but, you know, I, I love the way that, that charcoal tastes because, like, I know that it's that it's kind of doctoring the flavor of whatever you're cooking, but that's a positive thing in my case. Like, I, I, I don't use a whole lot of lighter fluid, so you're not getting a whole lot of, like, the, the chemicalness of, you know, of the whole charcoal process you're just getting that like charcoal briquette taste on it and i i enjoy that taste a lot so i mean i mean pretty much anything cooked on cooked over charcoal i think is superior to something not cooked over charcoal like you know like chicken you know any kind of beef like burgers hot dogs brats anything like that if it can be cooked over charcoal like it'll be better like or to to me personally it'll taste better than if it was done you know over like a, a natural gas flame or cooked indoors or something like that. So, you know, that, that that's kind of where my opinion is, but I know that a lot of people don't necessarily like that particular flavor imparted by the charcoal, but it's got that nice cancer flavor. <laughs> I mean, they say they say find something you love and let it kill you. So, char-grilled meats. <laughs> that's that's what's going to get you in the I end. Could, I could think of a lot worse ways to go than that, Frank. Want to take it to the deep dive? Let us do that. 
All right, so today in the deep dive, wanted to discuss mandatory team building outings. These are the outings that uh, you get those those chain emails about uh, from you know multiple parts of the organization, or uh, maybe it's just within your own your own small team. Um, but basically, the whole idea is that you know you people are antisocial, and your bosses and other people in the company wish that to not be the case. They want to uh, build more of a team camaraderie and an atmosphere, uh, so they pay for you to go somewhere. Um, it can be bowling, it can be, uh, batting cages, it can be the, you know, uh, in the most recent case, you know, we have a, uh, kind of a driving range that got built, uh, here in Birmingham. Um, and so a lot of t- team outings have been going there. Um, but basically the, the whole point of it is to, uh, remove the, the work and the money aspect and, you know, give you fine folks some, uh, some opportunity to go do a thing together. Um, I guess it could also be um, like those escape rooms, which <laughs> I will say I have, I have had two rounds of doing escape rooms with coworkers. And, <laughs> and the last thing I wanted after, you know, successfully or unsuccessfully doing the escape room, uh, the last thing I wanted was to be anywhere near them. Like I had been trapped in a room with them for a <laughs> fucking hour and you think I want to go back to work with them? No, I want them to drive off a bridge before they get home. Like maybe that feeling will pass. <laughs> maybe it's temporary, and like after after that, like what's left will be a warm feeling of camaraderie. But in the moment, I'm like, you motherfucker, you didn't see that thing hanging behind the chalkboard. Like you are the dumbest son of a bitch. Um, but no, that uh, I digress. <laughs> We're getting <laughs> hitting hitting a nerve. Um, no, but uh, yeah. So, so Frank, what kind of uh, team building exercises have you been a part of in the recent past? I will say that these are a goddamn political minefield. They absolutely are. Like I, I actually kind of detest them for that reason, especially stuff like company picnic. Oh, like the company ugh. picnic is is an old hoary standard and. It's it's just so tough with those because you need to show up because often if it's a smaller organization, like everybody from the CEO on down is going to be there. Yeah, y- your absence will be noted. Yeah, and your absence will be noted. So you want to go there long enough to be seen, but not long enough to be like miserable for the rest of your day. <laughs> it's a very fine, the fine uh, tightrope to walk. <laughs> Like I, uh, I don't have hair anymore. Uh, my hair and I broke up, you know, a good 20 years ago. Uh, I'm guessing it wasn't amicable. (laughs) The hair said that they were leaving and I said, don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out and shaved my head. Nice. (laughs) Um, but that does mean that I'm sort of like prone to sunburn so all this like hey it's beautiful outside and by beautiful we mean it's 85 degrees with full sunshine let's all hang out outside right that kind of shit is completely fucking nightmare for me (laughs) um i will say like most recently and it's an interesting one um my organization has a box at one of the local uh sporting arenas okay uh, specifically the new baseball stadium and every once in a while 
uh, one of the groups within the organization will get the opportunity to go take in a baseball game. Like the the box is always there; it's always going to be in use. It's right. just who gets who to use from it. the organization is going to be there. Okay, uh, that I mean that's that's pretty neat. I mean, uh, is it a closed box like one of the the fancy ones that uh, are not exposed to the elements? It is indeed one of those. Like the first time I went. It was, again, this is going to be a political nightmare. I don't want, like, to go to the the baseball game uh, to see the baseball. Because I <laughs> it's, it would be very difficult for me to care less about uh, any sports. Right. Other than roller derby, for which I announce. Uh, so I guess if I was announcing baseball, I would become a much bigger baseball buff. But unless I'm working the sport for whatever reason, I'm just not necessarily not terribly interested in it. Right. Uh, but we got there and it was one of the full enclosed boxes. Okay. That, I mean, that's it pretty swanky. An open front, like you can raise, essentially it looks like a garage door that's made of glass. Hmm. And there's additional seats in front of the box that okay. are, you know, your traditional seats. But you can also stay inside a small air conditioned room oh. filled with televisions <laughs> And catered food. <laughs> I mean, you you had me at air conditioning enclosed from the outside and catered food. Uh, I mean, that oh, sounds yeah, this like is pretty a dream. I mean, like everybody who likes baseball uh, can watch baseball, <laughs> and I can hang out in a comfy chair eating uh, hot dogs. Okay, so let, let me ask this. So th this room that is enclosed, air conditioner, catered food, all that mess with TVs, can you actually see the baseball from there? Uh, not really. <laughs> so that is the room for people that just, they were brought along and could not give two shits about baseball, but you don't want them to, to gripe the whole time. So you built a space specifically for for them. I mean, practically for me. Like like that is a perfect exactly. That's a perfect space for for someone like me who uh, likes food, uh, doesn't you know necessarily care about baseball, uh, and does not like to feel uh, sticky and swampy. So yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a pretty fucking good deal. Yeah, so the first one, as I said, it was politically fraught because I was like, I'm going to show up to this. I am prepared with a hat so that I don't come away, uh, you know, charred to the bone. <laughs> I mean, you have two options there. Um, you, you're either going to be, I mean, I guess three. You're going you're gonna to have a hat. You're going to uh, have a red head by the end of it. Or you're going to have a greasy head because of sunscreen. Like, you don't really have uh, an yeah, option yeah. to not deal with that. So that's exactly that's tough. But then when I got there and it was like I could socialize with people from work, uh, I didn't necessarily have to, you know, experience direct sunlight. <laughs> Always uh, a positive thing. And so now if it ever comes up again where they're like, oh, we should do a team outing to take in a baseball game at the box. I'm like, count me in. <laughs> I mean, all you can eat hot dogs uh, is generally the only statement that's required to get me to show up anywhere. Um, but no, the rest, that's just icing on the cake. Um, yeah. And, and I think that's a particularly good setup for, for most, you know, 
for, for pretty much hitting everybody that that uh, that will be going like somewhere that they can be comfortable like that. That doesn't sound too bad. Um, but, you know, there are some other other outings that are far and away much worse than that. Um, <laughs> I, How about laser tag? Christ, man, that's where I was going. Oh, oh laser I, I, tag. I somehow knew. Oh, there is just yeah. This is this is this is a fucking nightmare for me. I don't know how it is for you, I mean, but I have I've had to do the the laser tag before. Uh huh. And and we have discussed. I am not necessarily of human proportions, right? Like there is no dimension on me that someone doesn't measure and go, hmm, that's outside <laughs> of the standard deviation. <laughs> and so getting into like the little laser laser tag vest, oh, getting into the little laser tag vest is like. Big man in a little coat. Absolutely, and I mean, I'm not. You know, I, I'm I'm a large guy, but I'm not like I don't have the inhuman proportions for most of my uh, body parts that you do, um, except for one. <laughs> hey, oh, you can you can cut that if you want. I <laughs> look. We had to make a dick joke in there somewhere. We're talking about proportions. It's it it writes itself. Um, Your left pinky toe. We know it's. <laughs> Really weird just, and uncomfortably long, and honestly, makes, slightly creepy. Uh, makes shoe buying very difficult and uh, flip flop wearing uh, quite a disturbing sight. Um, but no, I mean, I'm not like I'm not a super huge guy, but like those those vests are not are still not made for me. You know, you you get put in this tiny little vest. You're given like a gun. I swear to Christ, they have not like they have not built these laser things. In like twenty years, like all the all the laser oh, yeah. tag places that I've been to, and at first I thought maybe it's just the shitty ones in the south, but like I've been to you know a couple different ones you know uh, you know around you know I haven't been to like California laser tag, but like uh, you know other laser tags up and down you know the east coast you know they all seem to have those same shitty guns, and I mean I just don't understand how a how they've lasted that long. They they had to have been built out of like you know aircraft level materials like that. That's pretty impressive that you, know, you can have ten year olds running around bashing them into the wall and they still work. Um, but but they're they're not new technology by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and then they just shove you in a dark room. First of all, they split you into teams. You know, typically if you have enough people, you'll you'll have half the office against the other half of the office, and like. There is no way that everyone's going to come out of that feeling happy because either you're you're pissed because you you got like hammered like you you didn't get to shoot anybody because you were constantly you know your own chest your own uh, vest was blinking the whole time because you're getting shot uh, or like you were griping about somebody on your team not covering their corner enough or uh, you know you were mad that somebody was like walking behind you and just shooting you like there's there's no good scenario where this works well uh like if you are your own team against like you know maybe you have like some sort of a like kind of like intramural sport uh but between offices like if my office was like against you know since you know we work at different places now you know my office was against your office in laser tag like that would be like that seems like it would be a good uh, a better team building experience, but for each of the teams, because then you're you're the entirety of your office against another office, right? 
And so that that will help build camaraderie. But if you are half the office office against the other half of the office, you are literally just building it up to where one side is pissed at the other. And that's exactly what happened the last time we were involved in that. Um, I mean, not only did the other parts of the prophecy come true that, you know, I was out of breath, I was sweaty, I was miserable. Um, I mean, it was it was somewhat fun doing the thing, but it's not I mean, it's not super engaging. Um, And it lasted like 30 minutes. And like after 15, I was like, when is this going to fucking end? It's only like part of me is like it's only thirty minutes, and then like the actual other part of me is like I've been in here for five minutes, and it feels like I've been in here for my entire life, and right. I want to die. <laughs> like it's just because it's they, they you know they have like the AC blowing, but it's not necessarily enough. Like you're still in an enclosed space with thirty other people, and you're just running like. Doing moderate exercise, right? I mean, you are you are doing moderate exercise, and uh, you know that. And so, I have I have entered into a an uncomfortable physical experience, and now I've got to deal with this douche across the office. That every time around the corner, he's he decides to shoot me. That's just going to make me ten times hate him ten times more. Um. You know, sometimes that's, uh, <laughs> sometimes I'm fine with that. Other times, you know, like, like maybe I like them before and then, you know, after the, the outing, uh, I don't like them so much. And every time we we're, we're having like an argument about something technical, I'll be thinking <laughs> that motherfucker wouldn't stop shooting me. I don't, I don't like his ideas. <laughs> See, now I'm thinking because I'm keying off of your whole concept of where office versus office with different offices would probably be a better way to do this. Okay. And I'm thinking if we had enforced, required, inter-office battles of some sort, that would be great for team building. Absolutely. Not, not optional. Like, you are forced <laughs> to attend in the same way that you're forced to attend the company picnic. Right, but it is it is in the nature of we now have to go and raid uh, <laughs> other core. Uh, I mean, th- there is no downside to this, in my opinion. Um, but I don't necessarily think that it's about team building. I think at that point, it's it's just like uh, corporate espionage or <laughs> corporate assault disguised as if, a team building if the activity. stakes were high enough i would be totally about this too like if we could like <laughs> if we could get some amount of their profit for the year <laughs> by whoever won <laughs> and we were playing paintball like i just i just want to see janet from accounting screaming in anger as she charges across the field with her paintball gun oh man yeah set it up to where there's like a, a new client in town and uh and basically, your your two offices do the same thing, and you know, they they can't decide which contract to go with. So you basically have to duke it out in some sort of uh, some sort of battle scenario. Um, <laughs> my God, I would watch that. Like if that was a show, <laughs> I would watch the shit out of that. Uh, you know, I think I'd watch the show too because that sounds badass. Like two <laughs> advertising agencies going head to head. Not in a competition of who's the better agency, but in in something that they're just not 
prepared for some sort of guerrilla warfare tactics demonstration. Man, I could totally get behind that. Um, see, we we talked about it. I think I mentioned it a couple a couple episodes ago. There are some things that when I think of them, I am sad they don't already exist. And I'm gonna put this one solidly in that list because I would. Oh man, we we need to send a letter to somebody. Uh, I don't even care if we get any profits from it. Uh, I just want to see this exist. Like, <laughs> just have maybe uh, you know maybe software uh, shops competing for clients, uh, agencies competing for clients. You know, maybe even contractors uh, competing for you know contracts or you know for for bids and things like that. Um, and you could get really diverse with the, uh, with the type of stuff they were doing. Like, you know, you can do some sort of physical combat. I I think whatever, whatever they're chosen to, to do, I think it has to be like something that they're not good at. Like, um, you know, the software guys, anything physical outside. (laughs) Yeah. Anything physical (laughs) or outside would be perfectly fine. Um, then you have like physical sports and things like that, or, or, or battle scenarios would be bad for like the, you know, the, the, co- the construction workers and stuff like that, because they're going to be a little bit beefier than, than everybody else. Um, so it'd be a little more prominent to them. What, what would they do? What, what could we have them do? Let's see some sort of skill-based fine motor control. Uh, I mean, uh, we, we can go back RC to the com- car races. Uh, RC, what did you say? RC car races? Yep. I could get behind that. Or I was thinking more like a, um, competitive cake decorating. I think there we go. That's I think even that's better. Yeah, that's a that's a finesse thing that uh, that I'm not saying that you can't be both a construction worker and have a love for uh, for pastry craft, but I'm just saying that it's not an obvious choice. Um, so you may be the sleeper. Like there may be somebody on your team that is like a uh, could go in and just crush a bake off. Um, but you got to Joel keep it quiet. had been dreaming of this day for his entire <laughs> life. <laughs> He didn't know he was training for this, but by God, it was his destiny. <laughs> this is beautiful. I think we definitely need to try and get this show made. Look, we'll we'll workshop it. We'll come up with you know a premise. Uh, we'll even toss out some ideas for some good hosts. But uh, yeah, we need to send this off to somebody and stat. <laughs> All right, I'll jot off an email uh, when we take our trip to accounting. Okay, let's do it. I'm Don Wrinkle, and everybody's got a podcast. And if you're gonna listen to one, Import Taste is the way to go, because it's very greasy. This is Bill Lawyerson to tell you that Import Taste is the podcast you should listen to if you want to get sued. I'm Big Jim, here to say if you listen to Import Taste, huh? Guess we'll give you a Christmas handy. It's Import Taste. It's definitely not a comedy podcast. And it's definitely not educational. And it's definitely Australian. Stop, Stop asking. asking! Hello, I'm a Giorgio Casadoro, and this is my brother. Fativa. Come on down, Import Taste. We take you back and polish your jewels. That's us. South Hills, Pittsburgh. Born and raised. Listen to Import Taste on the Podsberg Network. www.podsberg.com slash Import Taste for all of your edutainmentional podcast needs. If you guys said they were pun. Hey, Sean. How's it going? It's okay. You know what we should really do? What are we doing? Well, what we should do is a promo. You know, like a short little spot that other podcasters can play on their podcasts to let their listeners know where to find us. Find us for what? Find us so that they can listen to us. 
Do you know the five podcasts and sites people can find us on? I know at least three of them. Ooh, let's know the three that you know. Oh, well, I know Apple Podcasts, Chorus. Yeah, got, if you have the Chorus app, you're goddamn right we're on Chorus. That's us. Stitcher. You're goddamn right. What? That's that's three right there. That's three. Holy shit. We're also on Spotify. We just got on the we Spotify. We just recently got on Fucking Spotify. But welcome if you're li- to Spotify. If you're listening to this in the future, we've been on Spotify for a while. We've but finally... Finally, you can listen to us on Podbean, drunkdiscussions.podbean.com. Yeah, what do we do on these these sites? What 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 we, is we our post, podcast? We post podcasts. We get drunk Holy and shit. we review stuff. Holy shit! Are, do we have disruptions as we are drunk? We have discussions while we're drunk. Yes, that is one hundred percent correct. I might be a little drunk we, right now. We record live from a bar. In addition to listening to us, you can find us on Twitter at DrunkDPodcast. Be sure you're checking out our shirts and merchandise on Spreadshirt, shop.spreadshirt.com slash discussions. And of course, check us out on any of those podcasts and apps that we mentioned. Be sure to leave us a rating and a comment. Enjoy the rest of the podcast that you're listening to. Bye-bye. All right, Derek, want to get to an audience question? Yes, sir, I would. At my job, I sit with one other person in the office. I often have to do some repetitive tasks in spreadsheets and find that putting in headphones to listen to music is a way for me to be able to focus to get this done. My office mate can see I have headphones in and will often try to talk to me anyway. I can't pretend I don't notice because our desks are positioned in such a way where we are very visible to each other. Sometimes I will take my headphones out. As I feel the conversation winding down, I will slowly begin putting them back on. This has not been successful in stopping further conversation. What can I do to make it obvious that headphones equal no talking? (laughs) Sent in by Headphone Hindrance in Homewood. Yeah, this is a topic that we have kind of tangentially glanced off in the past. Um, I think that that may have been like uh, step four or five, maybe, uh, in my uh, my ladder of uh, disengagement. But uh, putting the headphones back on. Yeah, putting the headphones back on. Um, yeah, this one, this one's kind of annoying uh, <laughs> because I, I think that it, it is kind of commonly uh, commonly recognized that if somebody has their headphones on, um, I mean, you can like, you know, if, if you're walking up to them like you need to ask them a question you, know, you can like you know knock on the cube or something like that to get their attention um you know that's fine you know it's like it's a a temporary thing you just get their attention ask the question receive your answer and then you <laughs> you fuck off um but like just treating somebody that has their headphones on as if they are openly and and you know willingly uh wanting to engage in conversation that's a little bit of a bad read i feel (laughs) yeah you are filled with the milk of human kindness whereas for my part (laughs) okay i know that's a phrase that people use but can we just can we just stop for a second and realize how odd of (laughs) a Out of a fucking oh no! It, it is a terrible is. phrase. That's why I I use it. It is uh, it's an old Shakespeare bit. I don't like other uh, men telling me how full of whatever milk I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's not necessarily how I want to spend my time. But go on. 
I'm thinking uh, let's upgrade our setup a little bit. Okay. Let's go ahead and get some blinders. Uh, <laughs> like for a horse? You know, just Yeah, like for a horse. You can put them on some glasses. Okay. So you've got your glasses on and it's got giant blinders. Uh, you got your headphones on. We're assuming this guy is not an air traffic controller. Like, putting the blinders on for the air traffic controller, probably not the best deal. But I, I mean, I'm assuming this is some sort of, like, technical office, generally speaking. Yeah, and if they're if we're doing data entry into a spreadsheet, I don't think peripheral vision is necessarily a big right. boon yeah, so at this we, point. We can we can definitely say that that is the case. Like peripheral vision is not is not required for uh, the general purpose of of the job. And then I think you get a top hat and some of those fabric markers, okay, or, or the puffy paint pens, and you just write "fuck off" over and over again <laughs> on the hat. And then it's your fuck off hat. <laughs> I was wondering where the fuck you were going with that. But no. And I, so you've got your blinders on, your headphones on, and your fuck off hat on. And hopefully people will get the point. See, I, I think that we're being, uh, it, that might be a little, maybe not too bold, but maybe just a little bit too uh, too on the nose. Um, you would think that just wearing the fuck off hat would be enough. Um because that's, I mean, it's literally written in plain English, you know, fuck off uh, as many times as can fit into the appropriate space on the top hat. Um, at that point, if if you've got your, your fuck hat, oh God, <laughs> not your fuck hat. No, that's, that's a completely different hat. <laughs> Don't wear your fuck hat to the office, generally speaking. <laughs> um, unless that's, uh, that's your a, job. That's like a low ivy cap. Uh... <laughs> no, it's a fedora, obviously. <laughs> oh no! Uh, anyway, uh, you've already got your fuck off hat on. Um, you, know, you got your blinders on. You got your headphones on. If somebody just kind of uh, leisurely starts asking or starts a conversation with you, that person I think just un just unequivocally is being an asshole. Um, whether or not you actually have like work to do, like if you're just, even if you're just browsing the internet and you have all your uh, fuck off accoutrement on, um, yeah, I, I think that that's still okay for people to respect that. Like, because sometimes you just you, you need a couple minutes to like disengage with people. Um, I'm definitely one of those people. Like I, you know, I'm overall like I'm a I'm a very you know, warm person. I uh, interact with people all the time, but, you know, I am still, you know, somewhat of an introvert and I need time to recharge. So if, you know, if I've got all of my, uh, various, uh, fuck off trappings, uh, festooned all over my body, um, that just means that I need a little time to recharge. You know, I, I don't necessarily always get that. Like <laughs> when, when shit, you know, starts catching on fire, you know, you can't really, uh, Gotta gotta take off all your um, leave me alone accoutrement, but you know sometimes well, if you if, if you there's can... an actual fire, then yeah, you probably shouldn't have your uh, high regalia of bugger off on down the road. That actually does raise uh, another important uh, question: is if you have all of your uh, leave me alone trappings on, uh, would you be able to like you know hear the fire alarm? see the blinking lights or anything or are you literally just like 
you can see your computer screen. So unless you got like a like a pop up notification that the building was on fire, <laughs> you, you wouldn't know. <laughs> hey, man, there's always some risks. We know what we're getting into when we took this job. OK. Um, all right. So so if uh, I don't think that even I mean, you could have like you could have like a fucking, you know, Portageon <laughs> that you go into that has, you know, you know, fuck off written all over it. Uh, you knew my second thought. <laughs> go on. Um, so I, I don't think there's any amount of, uh, of decoration that you could put on your body to make it to where this guy doesn't, doesn't talk to you. Now, what we need to talk about is how to correct the behavior. So Frank, what do you think we can do to, uh, to help this guy, somehow discourage this person from talking to them possibly ever. I, I, I'm not sure that that's necessarily what he's looking for, but I, I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure he'd rather that than constantly. So what can we do to help him? Well, I think it's actually just about time that when this is released, he'll be able to hear it. But on Friday the 13th, uh-huh. He should go to the crossroads outside of town. <laughs> he needs to sacrifice a chicken and Does make that a be deal. A free range chicken, or can it be just like any kind of chicken? Is it? Is it? Is that eh, important? It depends. I mean, you know, you're trying to impress, so I would dress to impress in this instance. Buy organic, and, and, yeah, yeah, buy organic. <laughs> but sacrifice a chicken, summon up the devil, and then make a deal. So that this person loses their voice. Oh. Not in like, I'm hoarse, but in like a, the little mermaid just right. can't speak anyway. Okay. I mean, I, I, I see that being uh, somewhat effective for, for the short term, but then they could still probably chat like, <laughs> okay, no, no, no. Let's go one step further. Lose the ability to use and understand speech. How about that? I mean, that's going to make it a little difficult for them to keep their job, at which point they'll probably have to be replaced, and you've now wasted a perfectly good soul. Mm, yeah, because because then the, the new person may have the same problems. All right, so, so exactly. maybe, maybe they can... Uh, see, this is tough, because you don't want them to be able to communicate with you. Like, that, that's the end goal. But I guess them, you know, having the capability to understand speech is important. Um yeah, so so leave them the ability to understand speech, but leave them uh, unable to to express that in human language. Um, okay, okay. I they think can... this is a Harlan Ellison short story. Okay, that that we're talking about at this point. I I'm not getting that reference, Frank. I'm sorry. Oh, for <laughs> I have no mouth yet. I must scream. Ah, yes, yes. It, and it's silly because I actually saw something about that, like literally today, and see, <laughs> like literally, no, like no, I'm not even shitting you. Like I literally saw a reference to that today in some sort of some YouTube list. See, that's that's the thing. When I'm watching YouTube, like it doesn't matter how educational the shit that I'm watching is. Like it just goes in one ear and out the other. Like in that 10 minute video, I feel learned. But as soon as I flip to the next one, I mean, it's probably about fart jokes. So it just pushes all that stuff that I learned completely out. My God, so. I'm so smart. Oh, look at this kitty. It's got short legs. 
<laughs> you, I mean, I mean, you're that's just a play by play of my my internet browsing throughout <laughs> the day. <laughs> I know. I've been outside the window this whole time. So, so I think uh, we should. You know, he, his deal should include the stipulation that he can the the guy can only communicate, uh, can can only express things through interpretive interpretive dance. dance. Yes. <laughs> Oh, we're in tune. We're in tune. This is this is beautiful. Um, So I'm trying to think what form of interpretive dance would be both uh, would be less annoying than somebody (laughs) talking to you all the time. Because, I mean, now what's going to happen is since he can't talk to you, he will be uh, in your your field of vision. Uh, dancing with some sort of you know, ribbons or scarves or something, trying to get your attention, um, which the blinders will help with, granted. But but then see, dance is the language of love and sensuality, and so it's quite likely that you are just then going to fall madly in love with this coworker. Oh, are we going to some like Lifetime movie? Uh, not the one where like you know ladies get beat up on. <laughs> with the other kind, the other ones, they they fall in love with you know somebody they shouldn't fall in love with, exactly. Oh. But then then it's for the rest of your life together. As you create a life together, you have a dark secret. You can never tell them that the reason they mysteriously lost their voice was because you sold your soul to the devil oh. on Friday the thirteenth. Wow, that puts that puts. Oh, that that's a big secret to keep from the the one you love, Frank. That's pretty serious. So what we're saying is that when you play with uh, the dark magics uh, <laughs> to solve some sort of annoying person in the office, you need to be prepared for the consequences. <laughs> all Alternately, saying. a friend of mine just had like a chain that he would string across the entrance to his cube that said, <laughs> go away. I, I it can honestly that. seemed to work well for him. So with with this, like it seems like this is more of an open office environment, like not necessarily like cubes. Like, I mean, cubes are just or cubicles are you know the the high wall cubicles are just built to separate people in their entirety. Like, you know, I've worked in multiple different office environments. Some that had a uh, you know the the high wall cubicles, some that had the low cubicles, uh, low wall cubicles. Um, the high wall cubicles, like it. it <sighs> There's something so oppressive about them, um, and maybe this is just me projecting, but um, there's something so oppressive about those those high wall uh, cubicles that, like, even me being a a very you know kind of interactive person, like I like to, to to talk to people, I still feel like I would rather sit in my cube than interact with people. Maybe because yes. it's like the the, yes. the effort, <laughs> the the effort that is required. Uh, cause you have to get up, like you can't like just stand up and start talking to people. You have to, uh, to physically get yourself up and, you know, walk around the wall. Um, so that, that's enough to keep me from, from doing most things, but, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but no, with, uh, with the open environment, like it is built more for people, you know, to communicate and things like that. So, um, in this case, I think we may have a problem, um, you know, with them being in a, in a collaborative space, how, how do you both get the uh, collaboration and also not <laughs> have them not fuck with you when you don't want them to? I think this is where it might be worthwhile to invest in a bodyguard. 
oh, oh, and, and maybe not just a bodyguard, but but a, like a personal assistant. And so, uh, yeah. so whenever, and it doesn't have to be full time. Like you know, you you want to be uh, money conscious, so uh, only have them present whenever you really want to, like you know, be heads down or just have a moment to yourself. So um, they definitely be part time. Um, but you know, whenever you're about to put your headphones on, you know, call them in and uh, have them sit next to you, and then <laughs> anybody who wants to talk to you has to make an appointment. So here's the thing I'm thinking. Twist. The person you get to do this is the annoying office mate. Oh, no. Yes, oh, you, no. you get them. You get them in on the action oh. so that they're guarding you against other people trying to come and talk to you. At oh. which point they're not talking to you because they're busy doing a job and you can get your work done. So, A, mm. I, I like the idea of... If you can't beat them, join them. But B, this person probably does already have a job in the office that they are choosing not to do in lieu of talking to, to the question asker. Um, so I'm, I'm not positive it's going to work, but I like the way you think. Yeah, but at the end of the day, that that does keep us from them falling in love. And mm. who are we to come between two people? <laughs> Want to take an issue from the internet? Yes, please. Um, all right, so <laughs> slight warning: this one will get blue, uh, and it's also the the <laughs> it's also a little lengthy, but we'll get through it. <laughs> so this is uh, this is sent in by Christopher Plumbus. My seven hundred dollars sex butt was in my car when it was stolen. How do I itemize that on a police report? I received a letter from the court saying that the person who stole my car is wait, being tried. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, we can't stop. We... <laughs> okay, just just plow through. Okay. <laughs> uh, I received a letter from the court saying that the person who stole my car is being tried, and that if I want restitution, I need to give them a list of the property and how much everything cost individually. I worked at a sex toy store and ended up buying this twerking butt. Partially because of the hilarious, but also I wanted to know what a $700 sex toy was like. Needless to say, I'm embarrassed, uh, yes, that is needless to say, to put a sex toy in an official statement. I am also not sure how to quantify the sentimental items, which, why wouldn't you say that the, the sex butt was <laughs> sentimental? Um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, like home movies and photo albums that were in the vehicle. I also don't and twerking sex butts. <laughs> twerking sex butts. I also don't have any receipt or way of proving what was in the vehicle, and I don't want to be accused of perjury. Uh, and then there's a small update underneath. The guy from the state attorney's office called to say he needs a list of the items and losses. When I told him I didn't have a receipt for my uh, $700, and then in in italics it says personal massager. Uh, he told me to send him a link to the product so the judge can see what it would cost to replace it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, there's the gold. There's the oh, fucking gold. Man. Holy oh, no. shit. All right, what order do we, do we want to tackle this in? Oh, my God. I don't know. 
All right, oh, this so, is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Oh, so okay. First things first. Um, f- if you have a seven hundred dollars sex butt, keep it at home. I mean, not because you know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the urge to use a sex butt can strike at any point. Um, so I guess you wanted. <laughs> where you will wanted, you be? Where, <laughs> where will you be when the urge to use a sex butt strikes you? Um. But no, I mean, just just for something like this, like, I mean, you could be in a wreck and <laughs> you could damage the sex butt. Um, you know, you could leave it in the car and it's not built for like heat and you could damage the sex butt. Um, I, I, I just don't think it's responsible to keep something that expensive uh, and it, that necessary. It seems necessary. like it's very, very irresponsible to keep your sex butt in, <laughs> in the car. I mean, here's here's me like. I'm one of those people that, uh, to some extent, there's, you know, the old, uh, make sure you wear clean underwear every day. What if you get in an accident? <laughs> I, 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 that is in my subconscious as well. That was told to me many times as a child. Uh, and, and like, <laughs> I know that my luck is such that somehow if I got in a car accident, the cause of death would not be the car accident itself, <laughs> but would be impact by sex butt. Just that phrase is... I'm just glad that that phrase exists. Killed by impact with sex butt. <laughs> um, and I mean, that that's the kind of thing that goes on your permanent record. I think you get to the pearly gates and they're like... <laughs> you led an exemplary life, but everyone inside has heard. And for your safety, we're going to have to send you to hell. See, and it wouldn't even be them, like, judging about the fact that they had a sex butt. It would just be that they were irresponsible with the sex butt and didn't uh, secure it properly in, in a moving vehicle. Um, which I think is the, the much bigger crime here. Um, That's true. I mean, you need to make sure that you get a car seat uh, with a five-point <laughs> harness for your sex butt so well, that it so is what, properly restrained. I mean, what size do you buy? I, I guess it's it's relative to uh, to how uh, thick your uh, your sex butt is. With um, two C's. Yeah, and so since it's a twerking butt, my assumption is that you would need at least, you know, toddler to, to like three-year-old uh, uh, car seat in order to contain it. Yeah, it might um, be a booster seat situation by then. So... So one part of this that that kind of strikes me is, you know, so they bought it, you know, because it was a goof. Like that, that's part of the reason they bought it. Um, I mean, I don't necessarily think that's a hundred percent true. Like I was going to say, that's what they're saying. <laughs> that's what they're saying to to you know provide some uh, some distraction. Um, but like, how far? Like how far? How much money is too much money for a goof? Like. <laughs> I feel. I mean, it depends on how committed to the bit you are, Derek. Because this this person seems very committed. I mean, like they're practically in a, in a relationship with with this sex butt. So yeah, th- that's committed. I I admire their commitment to the bit at that point that they were willing to <laughs> Wait, put seven hundred dollars on the line. Do you admire their commitment to the butt? Oh uh, no, <laughs> no, Derek. <laughs> Look, I, here's, I, here's my thing. I think if you are shameless enough to have purchased the $700 sex butt, you should be shameless enough 
to claim and itemize the $700 sex butt. <laughs> I agree. Well, okay, so so also, like, kind of in the similar vein of that, and kind of going back to what we were talking about before, um, you know, so they did not explain whether this, <laughs> whether the car was the sex butt's home or if they were, like, just transporting it. Because the thing is, you know, I you know, back to your you know, point earlier, you know, it would be my luck that if at any point I purchase something as uh, salacious as a sex butt, um, even if so, if the, the the adult store was three minutes from my home, uh, my my only goal is to go in, buy the sex butt, and get it home as, as fast as possible. Uh, I would get in two separate fender benders in the three minute oh, span yes. from the adult toy store to, to home. Cause that's just, just how it will be. Um, like, you know, if I, <laughs> if I order like four pizzas and I'm, I'm worried about people seeing, you know, a, a fat guy carrying around four pizzas and wondering, <laughs> wondering if he's going to eat it all by himself. Uh, and they only give me one fork, which is exactly super embarrassing, but I'm, I would be, you know, concerned about them doing about seeing me with with four pizzas, uh, and then I'd you know probably get stopped or you know get in a car wreck or something. But no, with with this with this item, you kind of have to uh, to drive a little carefully in order to not be uh, apprehended while said like. And now, especially with like the live PD shit going on, like, can you imagine? Can you imagine if? Like all of a sudden, it was uh like you're on can camera, or you get oh oh here we go here we go, <laughs> the most embarrassed that you could be about this sex butt is, is if you buy it, and then you you don't have a vehicle, you have to take a taxi, and you get in, and it's cash cab. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> oh, would that not be great though? I <laughs> I think that would be a very special episode of Cash Cab. Yeah, it's like, welcome your own Cash Cab. What's that you got there? Ooh, I have that model. It's really nice. <laughs> so the thing that makes this perfect is the fact that they need to send a link to this product to the judge. To the judge. Oh my god. And, oh. and part of me is like, again, if if you've got the fortitude to purchase the $700 sex butt, you should be shameless enough to say, yes, here's a link. It has 16 functions <laughs> and is also a pressure cooker. Is this not a marvel of modern science? Your honor. It's just my worry at that point is that the judge is going to do the thing that his name is and judge you. Right. Which, but like you said, if, if, if you are, uh, if you are <laughs> as confident standing in your truth as would be required to purchase said sex butt, you should be, <laughs> and carry it around in your car, you should be comfortable with uh, anybody uh, under the sun knowing... And reviewing, <laughs> possibly leaving comments uh, on a link for the sex butt. Um, I I can just see this like 
<laughs> the judge wakes up in the morning and you know he's handling you know some some theft cases some um you know maybe some assault cases you know drunken disorderly conduct you know he's going through his case file and he's like ah oh, you know, people are terrible this is this is awful and then they get and then he gets to the uh the stolen vehicles and he sees on the list oh there's a $700 personal massager this is this is interesting this is this is something that old Judge Flannery has not uh, encountered today. And so, <laughs> so he clicks he on the to, link. He clicks on the link. And uh, I mean, also, maybe he like finds something else about himself um, that he is all about $700 twerking sex butts. Um, but you have just given him a very unique experience um, on on several levels. Uh, but. That that is something that he will remember. Like that, you have given him a story to tell to all of his judge buddies. Uh, they're sitting around drinking scotch, smoking cigars, and it's like, <laughs> it's like Ray. Let me tell you about this case I got the other day. Uh, I mean, th- this is really a gift that keeps on giving. Um, this is in, a gift to the world. <laughs> um. I really, I, I didn't look too far down in the comments to see if he had actually like linked the sex butt, <laughs> because I, uh, I don't think you need to corrupt your cookies in this way. Like once you've clicked that link, Derek, there's no going back. You will see targeted no, ads, and they will it, be very specific. And Jessica will have questions. <laughs> yeah, that is that is not a link that I want to be purple, to be honest. Um, but but you're right. I I would I would definitely be afraid uh, because you know because with all the uh the ad targeting and stuff like that like it will follow you everywhere like you if you go and you search for something on amazon like you go you know a few states over go use a you know a bathroom in a gas station and the toilet paper is going to basically have like whatever you were searching on amazon it's going to be an ad directly on the toilet paper like it is it is ridiculous <laughs> how permeated this stuff is so yeah, if uh, I would be a little bit worried that if I did happen to click the sex button on my on my home computer, that I would be like, in a work meeting and have to pull up Chrome for something, and the sidebar ad would be <laughs> for twerking <laughs> sex butts. <laughs> so I'm giving like, us some thought, and I think this is this is a brilliant way to pump up your recompense because. No one in their right mind is going to claim an erroneous sex butt. (laughs) Like, it's just not going to come to anybody's mind to be like, yes, I don't have the receipt, but included among my personal possessions that were stolen in theft was my $700 twerking sex butt. And so even if you don't own it, if you are willing to claim it, that's $700 free (laughs) dollars. We did not realize the gold mine that uh, you know claiming claiming such salacious materials were because because yeah if like you have uh, you know God forbid you have a, a house fire or something like that um, if you feel proud enough you know or if you feel uh, you know emotionally sturdy enough to do so um, just go ahead and claim that claim a sex butt because you're I think you're exactly right I think that when that <laughs> that insurance claims adjuster reads the list of items they'll be like 
yeah, well, I need to check on that laptop. I need to check on that iPad. I need to check on that big screen TV. Well, I think we're good on the sex butt. <laughs> yep. I think I think we'll we'll go ahead and cross that one off the list. They we know we know they owned a sex butt. Well, one hundred percent. That is that is a thing that we're not going to have to follow up on. <laughs> oh my god. Um. <laughs> okay, so Frank, uh, truth time. If if you were to not not saying whether or not you were are are someone who would purchase a sex butt, but if you were to come into possession of a sex butt and your car was stolen, would you claim it? Would I claim it? Well, here's mm-hmm. the the question is: Have I purchased the seven hundred dollars sex butt? Does it Be- matter? Because well, again, as I said, if I'm the kind of person who has purchased it, then I'm also the kind of person who's going to claim that shit in public. I will show up to the deposition of this guy <laughs> and be like, "Yes, your honor, there he is, the man who absconded with my sex butt." <laughs> I've prepared a PowerPoint presentation to tell you how much the sex butt meant to me. On the other hand, if someone were like, here, have this, and it happened to be in my trunk, at that point, I would be like, you know what? That's great. Someone has has managed to get rid of that sex butt for me. (laughs) They have manually re-gifted the sex butt. (laughs) Exactly. I was going to have to re-gift that one again anyway. Oh my god. Oh, that that would be a good setup for a dirty Santa <laughs> at some point during uh during your your work career. Um, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb and say uh, you know, you know what? $700 is $700, Frank. Um <laughs> if if I was if if somebody gave me a uh an expensive adult toy and it was stolen from my vehicle, uh I would probably claim it claim it. Um because, like I said, seven hundred dollars is seven hundred dollars. So, oh, all God. right, Derek, want to call it? Let's call it. If you have any questions you'd like for us to answer on air, send them to questions at wlicast.com. You can also visit us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash wlicast or on Twitter at wlimbalance and use the hashtag wlicast. This has been the Work Life Imbalance Podcast. I'm Frank Eastman. I'm Derek Lewis, and with that, I think we're going to have to transfer you.